0: to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Welcome, this
1: is Crystal Arnold, your hostess and founder of Money Wise Women and Money Morphosis. Thanks for jo- joining us here today. So, has anyone listening ever tried writing a letter to money uh, it can be quite a fascinating experience to see what comes out, not only what you have to say to money, but what money may have to say back to you. And it's a fascinating process that I've used many times when I've, I'm feeling kind of stuck financially or Having some kind of challenge and it's uh it's so cool to really get creative with how we relate to money and how um, it what it wants to share with us and um, so I was really pleased to find uh, our guest uh, Sarah McCrum um, who has written an incredible book that really uh, you know, lets money speak for itself and, and just really shares a lot of deep wisdom about the, the true nature of wealth and money and is, uh, is quite an illuminating uh, book that really does uh, open up some awareness for, for people reading it. Uh, So she will tell us more about that and also the consciousness of money workshops that she does as well. Um, So as I said, Sarah McCrum is our guest and she is a coach who specializes in working with game changers and conscious business owners and she is author of the book, Love Money, Money Loves You. And also runs this three day intensive program called the consciousness of money. And so you can find out about, uh, that program at theconsciousnessofmoney.com and also on her website at sarah, S-A-R-A-H, mccrum M-C-C-R-U-M dot com. She's joining us from Australia. And uh, we'll be having some workshops coming up in in America, um, which she'll also tell us about. So Sarah, I'd love to begin just by hearing a little bit more about what excites you most about the work that you do. Uh,
2: What excites me most about this conversation with money and exploration of the consciousness of money is that... Uh, it's so contrary because we think and we've grown up to think money is somehow an enemy and at the same time something that we greatly desire and so it's created a lot of conflict within us and when we explore the consciousness of money and what what money really is, it opens up up this extraordinary opportunity for joy, for pleasure, for business to be pleasure and for work to be light. Um, It opens up for me, what it's opened up for me is the feeling like, wow, this is what it means to be a human being. This is what it means to be alive. This is, this is what I was always looking for. And the last place in the world that I would have expected to find that would be in a conversation and an exploration of money. It's so, right. it's so contrary to everything that we've been taught. So it's been an extraordinary um, exploration for me, really, to discover that because I had no idea that was what I was in for. Mm. How delightful the surprises of, of life yes. and oh, <laughs>
1: the creative process that takes us to unexpected places. I'd love to hear a little bit more, like about your own uh, journey, money journey, and and how you came to, to choose this topic, and maybe it shows you how how you came to uh, to write the book.
2: Well, I'll give you a little a little bit of background. And then we'll come to the book because that's really was the turning point for me. I come from a very middle-class English family. My father was in the Navy, so money was really, um, in England, it's it's one of the topics you don't talk about it. Um, So even later when I started to look at it more and people say, what did you learn about money when you were young? I didn't really learn anything. Um, And I don't remember having very many attitudes about it at all. It just was hidden from sight. Um, And I inherited quite a lot of money for me um, when I was about 28 from my grandfather. And uh, that was very strange because that had a certain effect on my approach to money. What it did enable me to do, which was amazing, was to do the work that I really loved doing because I didn't have to completely survive on it if it was difficult so it gave me an incredible freedom, um, and I spent many years interviewing children, working for the BBC, and just doing what I really loved doing. Um, so I was very grateful for that. It then gave me the freedom to um, invest all of it, the whole lot, much to my family's um, distress, in learning, training with Chinese masters, in developing myself. I spent the whole lot, um, some of it I put into a business. So that was an interesting experience because I started to go off in a different direction um, and started to go into a very um, deep exploration of principles of life, of energy. I spent 22 years training with Chinese masters. Um, So that was enabled by my having, first of all, had money and um, And then I was able to invest in myself, which is a very different from decision decision from the one that most people make when they 're investing in property or in investing in businesses um, the The thing that happened there was I put the last of my money into a business uh, along with uh, my Chinese master teacher and in the early days, I experienced several quite remarkable financial miracles, I would say you know literally. Um, two or three times receiving hundreds of thousands of pounds completely out of the blue to support the business at times when I really needed it um, in ways that I definitely could not say that I really deserved or I'd worked for or I'd even created that much, except to the extent that I'd created the business itself. And so I had these very extraordinary financial experiences. um, And then some years later, uh, during the recession, um, our business was hit really hard and pretty much overnight by the recession in London, and we lost probably 90% of our business in a, in a matter of a few weeks. And we staggered on for quite a long time, failing to pay rent properly, and all the story that many people had at that time. And eventually, we went out of business in 2010. And uh, it was a very challenging time because my early confidence that I'd got from having done all this training and I'd learned all these amazing things about energy and then I'd experienced these miracles that were the proof of everything I'd learned and then I'm faced with this situation where whatever I threw at it and whatever we had learned and whatever we did wasn't enough to um, save the situation and so that I think created a really um deep question in me. It it felt like a terrible failure, but it wasn't so much the failure of the business. It was the failure of me to be able to apply what I thought was um, the most important knowledge that I'd ever learned. I thought it had the answer to everything and it hadn't had the answer for me. And it was a few weeks after that, um, I was sitting in my bedroom. I had no business to do anymore. So we spent quite a lot of time thinking about what business can we do next? Um, and in between that, I'd been given this little book, which was called How to Be a Money Magnet. Um, it was the kind of book I'd always been rather snooty about before, I think, because uh, I thought I'd already learnt what I needed to learn about that, which clearly I hadn't. And anyway, it asked me to do exactly what you suggested in your introduction, was to ask money what it wants to say to me. And so I did that. I really didn't expect anything. And just as you've obviously experienced, money started talking to me. And Uh, What I wrote, it flowed out of my pen. It was literally, the words were not my words. Um, They were not words that I could possibly have written. I had no understanding at all um, of the message that came out, really. And it touched me so profoundly when I read it back um, that I decided to have another go. I thought the next day, why don't I try that again? And a couple of times I tried and it didn't work very well. But most of the time I tried and I got more messages from money. And so I did it every day for a few months. And then I thought, hmm, this looks like it should be shared with other people. And so maybe this is a book. And I turned it into a book, um, which was published at that time under a different name, because for various reasons that are not really important now, my teacher didn't want me to publish a book then. So I published it originally under the name of Joy Prospero. Um, which is and it's still available because some people know me as Joy Prospero and some people know me as Sarah McCrum, which is a bit funny. Um, and that's how the book Love Money, Money Loves You comes about. Um, and it just seems worthwhile to me to read out loud that first message. But I find when I read it to people that it wakes something up in them in terms of our understanding of what money really is so if that's okay I'd just like to read that sure it sounds great so this is what money um, said to me and what I came to understand money would like to say to you as well whoever you are I would like to tell you to love me smile at me collect me enjoy me feel my power spend me invest me give me pay with me take me. I'm an energy. I'm very powerful and beautiful. I'm an incredible web of connections. I am light. I am not dirty. You are too afraid of me as you are of many things. You can open up and embrace me fully into your life. It is not too late. You can start now. Just open yourself and say yes. Be brave. Love me. Love yourself so you can accept my power, my glory, my light, my beauty. I am not the devil. I never have been. I am a glorious being of light. I connect human beings with each other. I'm so flexible. You can use me to channel your creativity. Just go ahead. I'm waiting for you. You must open your heart. You're too rigid, too afraid. And there is nothing to be afraid of. You will win not only me, but life also. I am always here to help you. Just accept me, and I will come to you very quickly. There is a lot of me waiting for you. You have chosen to have more. Don't wait. Just take me. I will love you. Wow. A
1: love letter from money. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Inviting people to let that soak in, those words of wisdom. Hmm maybe taking a moment to imagine if money were a character in your life right now, what would it be?
0: And just
1: encouraging people to maybe pause the show and do some journaling um, about that character of money, maybe receiving some words from it, playing around with this uh, writing exercise in in consciousness and and receiving your own love letter from money uh just really want people to get creative we so often think this is a black and white numbers game and uh, there's so much more depth uh, to it i really love what you just shared there and what i also love about your story is that it came from like the dark night of the soul when you had, you know, lost everything in a sense that you had built the successful business. I'm sure you were identified with, with being successful and proud of that. And I know there may be many other people who, who may be going through a challenging struggle. And I'm curious if you have any advice on, on how to be resilient and how to open to the creative flow, even in in the heart of, of suffering or grief or a challenging situation?
2: Yes, um, I spend a lot of my time as a coach and a trainer helping people through extremely challenging situations, you know, whether they're personal Um, Or legal or business. Uh, The principles I've come to discover are the same. Um, I think one of the things that's really important to recognize and remember, even though it's virtually impossible to see it at the time, um, is that those extremely challenging moments when you do feel like you've lost everything, whether it's physical loss, a person, possessions, an identity, or it's more internal because many people suffer these days also internally with just like a loss of sense of self or um, just not knowing where you're going or feeling really out of alignment with your own life, which also causes a lot of suffering. It is really important to remember that it is from those dark times that we actually really discover our true self. Um, I don't know anybody who is genuinely wise and really capable who hasn't had to find that deeper aspect of themselves. And because of the culture that, that we mostly grow up in today, that's not something that we learn about when we're young. It's just not, not a strong part of our culture to understand and explore the deeper aspects of life. So we tend to explore the more material and more superficial aspects. And we're quite good at a lot of that, which is fine. Um, But the deeper parts are very much a part of us. And these times, I won't say you have to suffer in order to find yourself. I don't think that's true. But I feel it's very important to remember whenever you're going through a hard time that this is an important experience for you. There's not something wrong at the level of life. It may feel wrong. It may look wrong. It may not be what you wanted. But at a fundamental level, there is nothing wrong. This is something from which you are going to grow. It's an extraordinary opportunity for you. And um, great beauty uh, can arise out of these very challenging moments. That's certainly been my story and the story that I've seen for many other people so there comes a point later where you say maybe not I'm really happy that happened but I'm really grateful that that happened because it changed me so much at a more practical level I would say um, that whatever's going on in your life there are ups and downs there are waves life is energy and it will always go up and down sometimes the downs are deep and heavy and dark, sometimes not so much. Um, But you are bigger than all of that. And If you can touch into that part of you that is simply bigger than all the waves, you can find a kind of inner stability um, that will lessen the impact of the waves and will reduce the suffering. Um, Just to remember that will allow you to gradually find that place within yourself, that bigger place where you're not rocked about so much by the ups and downs of life. Mm. Love that. Thank you for sharing that. I
1: feel like obviously our world, our economy, our society is is changing uh, dramatically and uh, in in unpredictable ways. And it can be unsettling not to know what's coming next and, and to be in a liminal space between what was and old dysfunctional systems of, um, you know, uh, uh, transnational corporate economy that um, extracts value from people and communities. And so there has been a a lot of financial suffering and, and it can be hard to imagine what else is possible because many of us have been so... Um, embedded in in these beliefs of, of scarcity and, and not enough, and so I I'd love to hear your perspective on on well what, what is possible like when we imagine a, a more cooperative, collaborative economy that is founded on a regenerative culture of people caring for one another and and um, being stewards of life and land. And uh, yeah, so, so tell me more about what's possible.
0: Um,
2: well, as you mentioned earlier, I've been running with a couple of other people, um, these retreats, experience, intensive experiences called the consciousness of money. And that's where, um, at a microcosm level, I have started to explore what's possible. Um, I think it's really easy to talk about what the world could be like if corporations were different, work with different, money was different, and not really connect with it. It beca- it stays quite an imaginary thing, and people often don't really know what to do about that. So they just have this vision of it, this beautiful life, kind of rather utopian vision, and then they have their own life and everything Feeling very uncomfortable around and how do we connect those together so that's been my exploration is how do we connect that together and what I'm finding is that when we really engage in a relationship with money that respects really the the nature of money that was shown through that little piece that I read you that money is a is an energy in our life but it's not a neutral energy, it's an energy that is always there and is coming from a place of love and never ever abandons us. We can abandon it, but it never ever abandons us. What happens as people open up to that is this tremendous uh, relief, first of all, um, and a sense of freedom and a sense of connectedness amongst people which creates just the most beautiful feeling, actually. Um, this is what surprised me so much as we've done these explorations. doesn't matter. We've, we've, we've run this event uh, 11 times in this last year, and it doesn't matter who the people are. It's always different. Everybody, every, every experience is different because the people are so different. What we've found is this incredible freedom and relaxation and sense of ease and happiness and connection and enjoyment And a feeling of being right in your own skin is what emerges. And for me, from there, we are able to create far more freely. So then whatever our talent is, whatever our gift is, whatever contribution it is we want to make, we can create that contribution from a place that is um, we're creating beauty. We're creating um, from a place of inner Joy and love and, you know, it all sounds very high, but this is, this is actually for real. And then um, it feels to me like there is space for each person to find their own natural expression in the world and in the economy. There is space for people to do small things that they love doing. They don't need to make huge businesses, but they can make a contribution that can be recognized and rewarded. Um, and there's place for people to do huge things that maybe create lots of opportunity for other people. Um, there's space for many different levels and types of contribution. And from that inner foundation, that inner world that we come from, when we really um, cultivate this very beautiful relationship with money, what I can see is a world that feels like the world ought to feel. And that, to me, is more important than the details of what it will look like. But what I can see is if I were an architect, um, with that kind of relationship with money and with life and with people, I will create buildings that are a statement of beauty, that create harmony in the world, that express our, our higher values. How I choose to do that, you know, whether it's got a spiky roof or a curved roof or what shape it is, doesn't really matter. But that will be my my work. I can see that there will be a lot of um, work available for people who are not particularly valued at the moment. One group that I care about a lot is healers. I think people who heal people, um, are it's such a valuable skill. And at the moment, they struggle to make a living mostly because it's not recognized. And yet there is so much suffering from ill health. It feels incredibly important to me that the people who bring profound skill and contribution to our world are rewarded for it. The other thing that I would say um, is very, very important is education and education about money as, and about life because I don't think any of that change can really happen without education. If we redistribute, distributed all the wealth today, and didn't change ourselves, it will very quickly find its way into the same kind of patterns that we see today. Because they're not happening by mistake, they're happening because um, because of the levels of mastery that people have with money. Uh, So if we all have more mastery, if we all have a, a better understanding of it, and a better relationship with it, we all have access to the same uh, source of wealth in our life and so it becomes up to us then what we do with it uh, so um, yes, yeah, to me the biggest change is the change between people in our relationships, in our feelings the way we feel in ourselves and with people because that enables us to have the freedom and the self-expression to be able to contribute fully to life so, you know, we don't feel we need to protect ourselves so much or hold on to things
0: mm. freedom.
2: I totally
1: feel that deep hunger in people for belonging and for that sense of value that is sometimes measured by money, but as you said, often not. And that does cause so much pain and suffering and uh, to acknowledge the vast array of wealth within our very own neighborhoods and communities. And, and to make that visible,
0: uh,
1: for people, I've, I've experienced in, in the work I do around, you know, inviting people to have money conversations, uh, using asset-based approaches to map our neighborhood, uh, in ways, uh, through an event called the Offers and Needs Market, where people are going through this live face-to-face process of actually sharing their offers and needs. People have transformative experiences because it's like um, participating in a more sacred marketplace where their passions are honored in a way that often doesn't happen in in the modern market economy. And so I I just also really value, um, you know, um, inviting people to acknowledge their own gifts um, and, and really express those and share those and, and through that meaningful exchange with people, whether it's money or uh, gifting uh, that's exchanged, that, that they really find a sense of belonging. And so, w- wow, it's amazing that you've done these uh, 11 events over the last year and, and have just increasing interest in it. Could you tell people some about what what happens at these events, why it's so powerful in, in a group field to talk about the taboo subject of money?
2: Um, so what happens? We meet together for three days in fairly small groups, so it's a very intimate setting, um, and we don't really have a, a very fixed agenda. So it always, I always read that passage from the book, the first message that kind of opens the energy field, if you like it, it sets the frame of what we're all about. And from there, that's usually such a contrast for most people to their current views about money. that that starts off an exploration. Um, what we found is that there is usually some theme that comes up and with every event that we do it's a different theme but there's a theme that comes up from the dark side so to speak so in one that we did in the states recently um it was shame and somebody more or less opened by saying i feel so ashamed because in order to be here somebody had to pay for me to get here because i didn't have enough money to be here for myself and there's 500 dollars that i promised to my wife this month, and I can't see that $500. And he was consumed by shame. This is a man, probably nearly 70, very experienced, run wonderful projects um, across America. And yet the honest truth about it was that he had never got to grips with money. And he had rejected um, wealthy people, specifically, so a lot of his work was in communities and often um, financially, poor communities, not necessarily culturally poor. Um, And he had rejected the very people who could have supported his work, and he had never recognized that until that moment. And so we then went on an exploration of shame, we all have shame, and uh, pretty much all of us have shame around money. And so um, we don't hide from the, the dark stuff and the murky stuff. But what I found is when you can actually allow yourself to feel that, to really feel the shape, um, or whatever the, the exploration is, a great deal of freedom emerges out of that. So um, another one, we discovered chaos, which has always been a fear of mine. My fear was that if I had more money, I would somehow create chaos, and that chaos would ruin everything. And so that was a very challenging theme to experience because chaos is real chaos, inner chaos is so repellent in some way. So some of the feelings we have about money are very challenging to deal with. But if you can actually look at them, talk about them, share them in a place where you feel completely safe. um, And this is what I hear all the time. People feel completely safe to talk about things that they often don't even talk about with their partner um, and the people closest to them. Something very remarkable happens when we expose ourselves to that level. And then the other part of it, what usually emerges out of all that darkness is this um, really beautiful conversation about what's possible for us. And um, one of the people who I run the retreat with, a guy called Jeff Van der Kloot, he has developed a, an amazing system which is called resonance mapping where you can talk about opportunities in your business, um, financial opportunities, investment opportunities. And he maps the resonance of those to see which ones are most aligned with you, what aligns most with your inner purpose, with your true self, um, what gives you greater opportunity. Um, And so that brings in, um, it it sounds quite scientific when when he's doing it, which is really interesting. So He's kind of measuring the resonance and he can say, well, this resonates really highly. This gets a really low score and it helps people to orientate themselves financially. And so by combining the resonance, um, I do a lot of energy work with people and just creating this space of incredible freedom for people to explore what's possible for them. It seems like a shift happens inside so that when you go away, you are literally a different person. One of the principles that um, is very strong in my work is that it's not about let's go and learn a whole lot of stuff and then let's go away and implement it. What I like to do is say let's have an experience together which changes your energy. So it changes your inner world, so to speak, and you go away a different person. So the change has already happened. You don't need to implement it. You might need to deal with the consequences. Um, You might need to deal with the facts that you have changed, but it's always changed for the better. So um, it it can be a little bit bumpy from time to time. But uh, the point is you just change while you're doing it. Uh, And that's very important to me. I think it's such a light way of learning because you don't have to go away and work really hard afterwards. Um, So that's kind of, I think that's the essence of what happens in the consciousness of money. The, The word that most people use about it is indescribable. And sometimes they say delicious. Um, And I think that's a very good description. It's actually very difficult to describe something that is really quite formless and yet very purposeful. We know exactly what we're doing. We're not talking about money all the time. We talk about life and ourselves and people. Um, But it is, it is indescribable in that way because you can't pin it down. There's no formula. There's no process. There's no do this step, then that step, then that step, then that step, and then you're done because life isn't like that. And the, feeling that emerges from it the sense of life is genuine it is really like it's just it is delicious it feels so delightful to be like that why would there ever be anything different
1: mm. yes and and so nourishing like a, a good meal i've I found that from the good uh the money workshops i've facilitated and and attended is is that feeling of uh Relief and, like you said, spaciousness and just that deep nourishment that that we feel connected like we 're not alone in it, because the shame of money uh, keeps us apart, and in, instead, money can be a great connective force, and I feel like it 's it's it's such a powerful portal for transformation discussing money looking at our own beliefs about it because it, it does go so deep into uh, what we value how, how we prioritize things in life and and how we create in the world and how we value ourselves and and I so appreciate the um the, the way in which it's You've crafted these events to to provide that space for people's uh, transformation.
2: Thank you. Yes, it's it has been a very surprising experience. I, I, I didn't expect that exploring money, would really be a kind of path to to life. It, it's almost like a spiritual path, but it's grounded. And spirituality, it's so easy to, get floaty and out there and lose lose your connection with reality, whereas when you approach it through money, you discover that you explore to the depths and the heights of life. It's quite extraordinary. And yet it's all grounded, you can't escape from the fact that if there's not enough money in your bank account, there's something that needs attention paid to it. Or if you're overburdened by how much there is in your bank account, there is something that needs attention paying to it, you can't escape when you have that hugely real um, core to the exploration.
1: Great. And and the relate our relationship with money needs attention, just like our marriage. You know, it, <laughs> it it's like if you never went on a date or talked to your partner, then how do you expect to have a you know a flourishing, <laughs> pleasurable relationship? So I love that exactly. looking at that relationship with it. Let's take a quick break here, and we'll come back in just a minute with. Uh, more diving into the the mysteries of money we'll be right back
3: are you ready to enjoy greater financial freedom perhaps you're like Emily a creative entrepreneur who wants to increase her income to provide for her family using the free video training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com she learned the secrets to accessing hidden resources and creating lasting wealth Emily learned a persuasive negotiation technique to bring in more money with her top clients. She boosted her credit score and opened new financial doors while reducing expenses. And she took specific steps to strengthen her existing relationships and create a safety net for her business. With the Discover Your True Wealth training, thousands of women have improved their bank balances and secured their family's future. With this free video course, you'll transform beliefs, behaviors, and skills with money. Take charge of your financial situation with the training sound at discoveryourtruewealth.com. I'm here
1: with Sarah McCrum, um, author of Love Money, Money Loves You, and we were just discussing her three-day intensive program called The Consciousness of Money. And it is so incredible when people have the courage to speak and in a group about money, speak with others, to, to look at their own beliefs and behaviors about the, the, their finances. It really uh, is deep transformational work. And uh, you cover so many topics in the book, Sarah, it's, uh, it's just incredible, you know, there's there's things about the secrets for receiving more money, new blueprints for making money, um, the, the laws of money, and many listeners may be uh, entrepreneurs and uh, women who are very purpose-driven, and I am curious uh, what, what you would like to share from uh, money's perspective from the book that may uh, help listeners shift their own relationship with uh, specifically with uh, earning and and how to bring in more money?
2: Well, um, I work mainly with entrepreneurs and so, uh, yes, the, the relationship between money and business is very close to my heart obviously also with my own business. Um, I think the first thing starts with that many entrepreneurs put themselves under a tremendous amount of pressure around money. They work incredibly hard. Uh, there's very little space for them. Um, they feel themselves under a lot of pressure all the time. And the tricky thing about that, and this is what I learned from this conversation I had with money, is that that is the worst kind of circumstances for actually making money. So um, money flows, it describes itself as flowing on lines of energy. And there's one of the chapters starts, and it says, I hear all your longings and your desperation for money and your prayers and um, everything else. And it says, the problem is I cannot come to people who are desperate. So when we put this tremendous pressure around ourselves as entrepreneurs, and that doesn't matter whether it's to to reach your goal, whatever your financial goal is, or whether it's because you're struggling. So it might be the pressure you put as a very successful entrepreneur, or it might be the pressure you put as a struggling entrepreneur. That kind of pressure actually excludes money. And so if you're very successful, you have to work really hard um, for the money to come in. And if you're struggling, it just doesn't come very well at all and so what I found in my work um, both on myself and with other people is that the more relaxed people are the easier it is for money to flow in what I discovered through the book is that money is a relationship of love it's an affair with the heart and we rarely even bring hearts into business people spend all their time trying to figure everything out with their minds and they don't open their hearts and yet when you can relax and open your heart Um, to money but not only to money also uh, to the people you work with and to your clients and to your products so if you can actually create products with love rather than pure expedience and if you can relate to your team with love not just function and not just understanding the dynamics of what people want and why they're working because you can get very good at that with your mind you can get very very effective at how to manage people really well but there's no love there's no connection there Um, if we can bring love also to our clients or our customers it completely changes the dynamic Um, and the thing about that is that then it opens up the much deeper aspect of money So later on, um, after I'd been writing for a while, I started asking um, some deeper questions about money. And what I discovered is that this energy of money is really the same energy that provides us with everything. If you like, it's genuinely the energy of wealth, of prosperity. And prosperity is not just money. It includes having good relationships and good health and uh, whatever it, whatever else it is that's important for you. It's all the same energy. So what I've found is that many entrepreneurs who are successful, they've focused entirely on the cash part of that energy to the exclusion of often the relationship part and the health part. And if you understand that it's all the same energy, you can actually shift so that you're saying, I want to have lots of money, totally legitimate, and I want to have a good relationship, and I want to have good health. And we have more examples today than we've ever had before in history of people who are proving that it's possible to have all of those. And I'm sure many of them have been featured on these shows crystal, and um, people who are making that choice to have, if not all of it, a lot of it and a lot of a lot. Um, so to recognize that if you're already good at money, there is something that you're doing really well. But if that money is coming at the expense of other aspects of your life, you need to apply some of those same principles. If you just open up your ability with money to include relationships and um, health and whatever else it is you'd like to experience, you can gradually expand the skill you have to make your whole life better. And this was something that I... Learned about by asking questions to money. And it showed me the inner workings. I'll just give you a little example because I just found this so fascinating. Um, I have this picture now of money being rather like a bureaucratic system in the sky. It's a little bit fanciful, but it's also rather true. So whenever you say something like, oh, I really want to get this piece of software, or I really want to get this kind of car, anything that you want, it's like a request gets sent up to the system and it gets logged immediately, energetically speaking. And that request has to be fulfilled. Now, most people will put in the request and say something like, I really want this, but I can't afford it. And so they put in a request with a kind of cancellation request. I can't afford it. So it can't be delivered to you because the money system is kind of like a delivery system. That's what I found. And when we fulfill all the criteria, to make a request and have it delivered, it comes to us. It may come in the form of cash. It may come in the form of kind of other things that we receive. It may come in the form of other things we want, good relationships, good health. They all work in the same way. So we start to have to pay real attention to how we communicate with this money system. Because just like if you treat your partner, if you communicate with your partner in a way where they can't understand you, uh, you're not going to have a good relationship. If you if you speak to money or you relate with money in a way where you're abusing the rules of the relationship, it just doesn't work very well. It can't come in freely. And this is a very big change. Um, this doesn't happen overnight. So this is where I've had to do most learning. Um, it, it's definitely taking time and I can see that I have a long way to go still, but I've learned a tremendous amount. If we start to really discover how money actually works. What what are the lines that it flows on? What are the conditions we need to have inside ourselves that make money and all the other things that go with prosperity easy to flow into us? That's where we start to crack the code, if you like. And we start to have a really good relationship with money. And that's where we get to be able to create real prosperity in our lives. Hmm. Hmm. I, I love how you
1: are bringing forth this more holistic perspective that uh, includes but is not limited to financial wealth and, and prosperity. And it's been a big part of my uh, work as well as developing a true wealth template that includes financial uh, wealth as well as inner wealth relational, and environmental, and I found that working with this, with pe- helping people look at um, those aspects of, of what is really valuable to them, what creates a meaningful life for them, the money piece becomes less scary because they begin to see it's, it's about more than that when they choose to invest. In a workshop or or something, you know, it's it's creating value in in other areas of their life, and so I think redefining our our wealth and prosperity is is very crucial. Um, and there's so much in our identity that's tied up in our bank account, and uh, and how that can really paralyze a lot of people from from taking action. Oh boy. Yes. So much we
2: could talk about is there anything else you wanted to say about that um well the the, there's a theme that recurs all the way through the book um which is about enjoyment and there's one place where money says i i really don't get it why you don't get it it's like I, i keep telling you this is all about enjoyment and you just seem to find it so hard as human beings And uh, And, uh, it is really true that we tend not to associate enjoyment with money, except perhaps with spending it from time to time. But even that is um, accompanied by a nervousness about the fact that if we're spending it, we appear to be losing it. So to explore enjoyment in the context of this relationship with money is very powerful. What I found is that when we really can give ourselves permission to enjoy life, that creates that kind of ease. So that money and all the other things um, that we want to experience can flow in our lives so the theme all the way through the book is relax enjoy and then love those are the three key words I think the three key messages if we can bring relaxation enjoyment and love into our relationship with money and our relationship with prosperity our creating of wealth in our lives true wealth then it's a win-win-win. It works in every direction.
0: Mm. Yes, it's
1: like a healthy pleasure around our creative expression and our value and offering our gifts to the world. And so often, that that flow of pleasure is blocked by our expectation. Our self-doubt, our projections of how people will value us or see us and and so so many people are, are holding back their their magnificence and you know I, I feel like there is so much more potential in humanity once we begin to speak up about money and and heal some of this uh, trauma that sometimes I call it an abusive economy and acknowledge that many people are suffering trauma from their interaction engagement with, with the market economy. And, uh, and I feel like a a lot of healing can happen through reconnecting with money and developing a more healthy relationship. And so, you know, what, what do you suggest to people who may, um, yeah, want want to improve their relationship with money, some questions they may want to ask money or uh, any more advice from money. Uh,
2: yes, I think actually that where you started this uh, program was a very good place to start, is to start to have your own conversation with money. Um, and one of the things I often encourage people to do at the very beginning is to ask money, what are you actually? And the... Uh,
0: you might be quite
2: surprised yes, by, the by the answer that you get. That you I think that you can ask money um, how could you relate better with it um, and ask it for some feedback on how you 're relating? I spoke to somebody recently about this, and he said, "I have the feeling that money 's like a neighbor, and there 's a rusty gate between our houses and brambles growing everywhere, and now the gate is." just beginning to open so that maybe we could have dinner together. And I often hear stories like this. I hear stories, people just saying, oh, my goodness, my relationship with money, I just don't have one. I never invited money to dinner. I never invited money into my house. I never talked, and I expected it to be playing with me, so to speak. And then I felt hurt that it wasn't playing with me in the way that I expected. So... um, I think to really explore this as a relationship, take it seriously. This is a real relationship. There is there is a real energy out there or a collective of energy. You can look at it however you like, but this is real. This is not imagination. Um, there is a whole power that exists within human life that serves us in a way to enable us to fulfill our wishes, it is really like a a wish fulfillment system if you look at it in detail Um, and so this is a very, very important relationship it's not a sinful relationship it's a profound loving presence in our life and so I would give yourself permission to explore it in that frame, that is very radical Um, immensely comforting, and ask the questions to money that you would ask of a really, really good friend who is never, ever going to let you down. So it is totally safe to ask for anything you want. And if you don't understand what money is saying to you, which is often the case, back and say, hey, I don't understand, tell me more, or please make it clear to me or explain this to me in a way that I can understand it. You know, you can be feisty in your relationship with money. You can, you can be demanding in a way. The point is that there is this incredible power, incredible energy there, and there's you. If you're weak and kind of hiding from it and afraid, that's the kind of relationship you're going to get. It's not an enjoyable relationship. If you bring all of yourself to it, And let it bring all of itself to you. That's where you get a really powerful relationship, just like in life. If you're hiding and afraid and constantly worrying about everything, you never bring your whole self into any relationship. It can never really thrive. So bring yourself in and explore it. Be brave to ask the questions that you wouldn't normally dare to ask and to question the way you are with money. Take some time to step outside, like look down on your life, look down on your relationship with money, look, look down on how money operates in your life, the flows of money in and out, the feelings that go with it, and observe them with complete neutrality. No emotion, no, oh, my God, I'm so terrible because I do this. Just have a look at it. It's like, hmm, I'm always really afraid when I have to pay bills. I'm really worried when I do this. I love doing this. Just observe what's going on in your world. You can kind of make a map of your financial world as if you're looking down on it. And that observation is surprisingly powerful. When you see things for what they are, without clouding it by your own emotional interpretation, anything that's not functioning well will start to change for the better. And anything that's functioning really well, you'll find a natural appreciation and gratitude for, and that will enable it to expand. So that's another technique, basically, which is to observe with clarity and without emotion. Um, That is a natural self-correction, self-healing, self-improvement system, where you don't have to do anything, it just happens through your observation. That's really why we talk about the consciousness of money. That's the application of consciousness.
1: Hmm. I I'm imagining a more intimate economy, economy and because and, uh, my background is in economics and and I see it fundamentally as the economy is a place where people come to care for one another and you know at its core it's a place where we can have our needs met and offer our gifts through exchange. And it's come, uh, you know, it's been distorted in some ways. And so how to get back to that essence of of finding sustenance and nourishment through our market engagement, through our relationship with exchanging money. And wow, I I just truly, um, appreciate everything you've shared and if people um, are curious to read your book and uh, go to your workshops could you tell us a little bit more about uh,
2: what's coming up
1: and how to find out more
2: yes um, we are coming to the States next year uh, we've got about nine locations both on the East and West Coast which is really exciting um, We didn't expect that. So um, we'll be running the Consciousness of Money intensive. Um, I'm expecting also that we'll be doing a bigger one-day event in New York. We don't know the full details of that yet, but this will be March, April, early May, that kind of time. Everything's still being organized at the moment. But all the information is on our website, which is called the Consciousness of Money, theconsciousnessofmoney.com is a bit long and you have to spell it right but uh, um, that's where all the dates will be held and if you register um, just register your interest on that we're not actually going to bombard you with emails we don't do that um, from the Consciousness of Money website but we will know that you're interested to know more and whenever we have information to share specific events that are coming up um, you will be informed about them. If you want to know more generally about the work that I do, it's better to go to and, and there are quite a few blogs about money there as well as on my website which is Sarah Um So yes, I think it's going to be a busy year next year. We're also developing an online program. We haven't we're just putting together the details of that so that I would expect that to launch in the next few months and that's something that enables, will enable people to do to get in, get involved at a lower cost. Um, also, obviously, if going to a, a specific location or a, a spe- specific event isn't relevant or isn't right, the right thing for you. So, yes, I think money is very much the topic these days, and it's it's a good good thing to be talking about.
1: Yes, absolutely. I uh, would just love to open the space if you have a. Uh, closing remarks or anything uh, finally that you would like to share here with the audience?
2: Well, I would really prefer to come back to a theme that we started with, um, which is really to remember and to take on board that you can love money and that money does love you and what does that mean and how would you behave differently if you really understand that that is true it is alright to love money and money does love you if that is the case, if that is really true and you can question this you don't need to take it um, just because I said it question it how would that make you behave differently and how would it change the world if more of us really understood that when you do when you ask those questions for yourself and you do the exploration for yourself then you will find answers that are life changing oh,
1: and, and opening that door takes uh, courage and uh, just really appreciate the way that you, um, again, took took a challenging situation and were able to birth this work and find this creative flow of pleasure uh, through through that um, challenge and that initiation that you spoke of in the beginning. So thank you for sharing all the wisdom that you have uh, gathered and and for bringing the people together to talk about money and to open these gateways of transformation because it truly is uh one of the most urgent matters on this planet i believe is coming into right relation with uh, one another and the economy through our transforming our beliefs and behaviors around money and so this will have uh, enormous impact on, on how we steward life and, and create a more thriving uh, humanity and ecosystem here on the planet. So thank you so much for bringing your gifts and insights here today. And encourage everyone to, uh, to read this book and to have some fun experimenting with you know, uh, writing and to and from money, and, and have some fun with
0: money. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money. Dot com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.